Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Yesterday afternoon, my uh, my son came upstairs and he said to me, he said, uh, the queen has passed away. And of course, my uh, my son still works for uh, a company in England. He said he was talking to some people he was working with. And uh, they said, uh, do we get Friday off? <laughs> and, you know, watching TV yesterday, there is that divide between all walks of life when it comes to the royal family and the queen. Either you're totally enamored and into it, or you could care less. And and that's not just, a, like I said, a, uh, an older generational thing and a young. It's not like young people could care less. There was a lot of young people that I saw outside of Windsor Castle who were very heartbroken that she had passed away. And it, so it, it is very interesting, the divide with the royal family. I think around the world, there's those who believe that all monarchies should just go away. And there's those who believe they still hold an important place. So that debate will be ongoing, I would think, for some time now. Yeah, well, you know, whether or not you feel they have an importance or kind of, you know, a political importance, I think there's many who just, you know, still are kind of enamored with the feather, the fairy tale mm-hmm. uh, of it all. And, and you know, I mean, this is a woman who, who gave 70 years of service. Uh, you know, whether you think that service is futile or, or necessary or not, I mean, they do do a lot of charity work mm-hmm. now. And uh, even in a figurehead role, I mean, I, 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 you, you, there's some who grow up dreaming of that Cinderella story. That was Princess Diana, right? And then when you heard her story of it, how mm. how brutal you know it was in in, in terms of the rules and the uh, protocols and, and the life that she hated uh, about it. You think you know maybe the Queen didn't love all that she had to do either, but she did it for seventy years. No, certainly she did. I mean, it was. A very dysfunctional family, uh, obviously. I mean, the, when you watch some of the, uh, like the Crown and, and other things. Although the Crown is interesting because it really did bring a lot of people to the royal family who knew really nothing of it. Uh, and the first year or so, they, it is said that the depiction of what went on was spot on and, and very uh, accurate to to, uh, to how it all played out. Certainly in her early days when her father died and she took the... Took the uh, the throne at such a young age, but as it progressed, it, it kind of veered off, and uh, a lot of it was just, you know, made for TV. But still, it, it really did um, uh, take you behind the scenes of that family. And, you know, <laughs> Prince Charles, oh, now King Charles, which on CNN they could not get that straight yesterday. Right, they yeah. kept calling him Prince Charles. Uh, it, it, it was just so surreal, though. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we know she's 96. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't... You know, it shouldn't be shocker alert. Gutted, yeah, yeah. necessarily. But, you know, it's very difficult. And hearing all the people talking about the stories that they were telling, very difficult to separate, you know, alive and and believe that she's gone. I thought it interesting, too. And and I don't know if they're just calling him King Charles now because he will be given that title. Or if, like, the second she passed, he had the crown on his head. Uh, No. I take a a beat. Let's all stand back and give it a second. The crown, the crown not done yet, I, and that was interesting because right away I was like, okay, well, what, what, what is all the protocol? I, I was interested to find out mm. what happens, and then there's, there's there is a ten day mourning period. Right. Then they have the funeral, and then they have the succession ceremony. But the second she dies, he became king. Oh, I bet he and, had that cap on before she was gone. <laughs> you know, that is the way it works. And the second he becomes king, his line of ascension. It changes as well. Basically, his brothers 
are out, and mm. uh, and now his kids and grandkids become the uh, the next line. Well, and and Andrew is so far out. Well, he was already He's gone, <laughs> well removed. But yeah. you know, I, I I find it interesting. I was talking to my my aunt yesterday, and you know she you know, she remembers you know she was seven years old when when. Uh, the queen became queen, mm. right, and, and she remembers that. And, it, and we, you know, we grew up in a in a British Commonwealth country, and the queen had some importance, mm. and, and Britain had importance to them. Oh, uh, fine. Uh, for a lot of people, it, it's um, you know a very you know maybe emotional, but sorry, ceremonial uh, kind of thing. You know why? I, I do question why the Ontario legislature needs to pause until next Wednesday. No, oh, any you excuse. Know, like any excuse to not work. Get oh, the yeah. bloody work. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lower the flags, pay your respects, and move and on. And then move on. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. It's funny that you mentioned talking to your aunt, and she was seven. Yeah. So I was texting back and forth with Doug Elliott, and he was commenting. He was like 25 when she became. <laughs> Listen, I, part of me... Doug, Doug posted yesterday, like two minutes from Balmoral. Oh yeah, he, he shows up, she dies. Oh yeah, he had something to do with it. I mean, sure. it's tough to live with the guy. <laughs> well, in his I didn't mind, think he had that in him. See, in his mind, the Elliots own all of Scotland, so that castle is taking her out. Oh yeah, <laughs> everywhere he goes, Elliot Land, Elliot Land, that that's mine. Get out. And she wouldn't go, so you know. Uh Found it a little interesting that old uh, Meghan Markle wasn't there. I just bring that up because I'm trying to be a jerk. I know. Kate wasn't either. They'll be together for the funeral. Right. You know, but I just thought I'd make mention of that. <laughs> Megan, I understand Megan had a uh, an appointment to have uh, a Manny Petty done. Right. <laughs> this whole death thing of uh, Grandma Ma gets in the way. Uh, Elton John played the, the Rogers Center last night, back-to-back uh, -back shows, for those of you who were there last night. If you were there, let us know uh, what you thought uh, of him playing uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, in tribute to the Queen. He had also uh, written a, a nice little uh, message, condolences, and his thoughts on the Queen. Certainly born and raised in England. She would have been a huge part of his life. Many, actually, uh, artists uh, coming forward now. Uh, uh, Mick Jagger mm -hmm. uh, posted one this morning. Ozzy Osbourne posted one yesterday as well. Just we couldn't understand what he was saying. <laughs> Actually, it was quite clear and concise for Ozzy. <laughs> he outlived the Queen. Yeah. Keith Richards outlived the no Queen. No kidding. Yeah. You know, I remember watching Craig Ferguson. He used to do this great bit where he had a fake fireplace and a mantle, and he'd have different photos of different things. And he would often refer to his photo of the Queen up on the mantle, but it was a picture of Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> and his theory was all people as they age, especially British people, both men and women, inevitably end up looking like the Queen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't let the sun go down on me. It's an interesting choice. I, I thought... Perhaps Candle in the Wind, but that, of course, was for Marilyn Monroe. And then he only did that version once mm. for, for Diana, right? Yeah. I guess they can't mix that can't song with Diana and, and the Queen either. Yeah, he only ever performed it at that funeral. And then, as we mentioned some time back, it was the, it's the second highest-selling single of all time, just behind uh, White Christmas from Bing Crosby. Yeah, so Elton was at the Rogers Center last night and uh, the night before. And, of course, Pearl Jam was at the Scotiabank Arena. So it must have been just chaos down there. Uh, with everybody getting in and getting out. But uh, it's it's funny with Elton John. I was at the grocery store a couple of nights ago and uh, talking to the cashier, and she was telling me she had tickets for his show. And I said, my gosh, like we went to one of the early shows. He's played like, it seems like about six times now. 
on, on the this, farewell tour. On the farewell tour yeah. in Toronto. And he loves this city. His husband is from Toronto. His children have Canadian passports. I'm sure they're here quite a bit. But there has been this urban legend that's going around forever. And I, and I know right now, some of you, as we talk about this, will say, no, it's true. It's true. I've, I've seen the house. And what I would really like is uh, if you have ever actually yourself or somebody you know and trust can actually share with us that they bumped into Elton John somewhere and he said, oh, yeah, I just live up the road. I would love to hear that story because I have lived now in three different parts of this province. And in all three, somewhere along the way, I've heard that Elton owns a home in that area. Right. Well, I mean, he lived in Brampton. That That's the Caledon home, right? Yes, supposedly. I've heard that. That was the first one, I think. Up near Devil's Pulpit. Okay. You could see it being built up in the escarpment, yes. supposedly. Listen. The story was the garage was being built, but it was so huge, people thought that was the house. Oh. And it turned out to just be the garage. Right. There's a lot of money up in that area. And then, and then when I moved down to Windsor, I heard that he had a place uh, in the wine, uh, the, the vineyards down around Lake Erie. Oh, really? Yeah. That I've was, never heard of that one. Yeah. And I get here. There's two that I've heard of here. Okay. One was like Port Hope, Coburg area. Okay. They were they were building a place. Yeah. And there was a massive house that went there. And then there's another one that I know we passed on Bloomington. Uh, and, and like it looks like a castle surrounded, I think, like Kennedy or Markham uh, up yes, there. Yes, you right? showed it to me one yeah. time. And and like like you can see, you have to like drive through mm. the house into like the courtyard area behind. And I've heard rumors that that was Elton's house mm. as well. None of them have a helipad, which is really how he travels <laughs> oh, when he's sure. around town. Yeah, but. I understand the uh, Parkwood. Is his as well. Right. That That's his estate. Right. It's a getaway place. Now, it, it's, I would love if anybody is actually, like, had a, a, gone into a diner in, uh, you know, Stouffville and bumped right. into him one morning because it's, it's, it's a weird thing that started. And I would actually, if I ever had the chance to interview him, I'd love to know if he's heard this story <laughs> or if it's like uh, something he hears all around the world. Like, it's just become a thing. You live somewhere... You're in Texas. Oh, Elton John's got a place up the street. Yeah. <laughs> every every town he goes to. Yeah, yeah. In the Brazilian rainforest. Why do you, he's got enough money. If he didn't like sleeping hotels, he could sure. just buy a house in every town that he tours. Oh, but. yeah. No, it's a, it, it truly is a, a strange and unique story. There's a little place near me that uh, just went up for sale, and I believe Elton's bidding. Oh, he's bidding. I, I, Karen's place in my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was... she house-sitting? Yeah, yeah. She's squatting. That's why she's screaming at everybody. <laughs> get away. Get away before Elton goes Elton back to it. The funniest thing and the most unbelievable thing of all these Elton John stories was the cashier I was talking to, her story was that she knew that or had heard that Elton John is always here quite a bit because he's got really good friends, lifetime friends in Oshawa. <laughs> and I said, that? No, nobody has friends in Oshawa. A uh, restaurant was planning a special 9-11 themed meal for this Sunday. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And they would have taken some time because they put together a whole menu. They printed menus. So somewhere along the way, somebody could have said, uh, hold the phone on this idea. Does this really make sense? Did they say what they were doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
21 years ago, uh, 9-11 happened, and so this restaurant decided, okay, well, we'll pay our respects <laughs> by having things like the 9-11 oysters, oh. the first responder flatbread, Flight 93 redirect crab dip. Oh, my God. Freedom flounder. Pentagon pie. And the 2977 chowder. That's because 2,977 people were killed in the attack. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I know some time has passed, but crazy, right? Wow. The menu suggested it didn't go with blackened chicken, <laughs> Arctic char, but this is ridiculous. And the first responders flatbread? Yeah. That's like flatlined. Yeah. That's so offensive. Or flattened in the fall. Yeah. Like, what's next? Our prices are dropping? <laughs> the menu suggested chasing it all down with a remember teeny. Oh. And if you can't decide what you want, you could try everything with the Never Forget Sampler. My goodness. In a shocking turn of events, the club has since pulled the menu. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, right? I, I'm just always amazed. Like, again, this this would have been probably in planning for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. The and manager, no one suggested. The owner was sitting at home one night sharing this with his family, and nobody said this makes no sense. Huh. And and on that note, restaurants and odd menus. I saw this the other day, and you had tweeted it out, Lucky. There's a, a restaurant in B.C. where on their menu they had something called the Maple Leaf Poutine for $67. <laughs> and when I saw that, I went, oh, my God, what do you get with that? And then I read it, and it says, in usual Leafs fashion, you get a cold, overpriced dish served with underperforming gravy, ice-cold fries, and a side of disappointment. <laughs> That's very. That's good. It was very, very clever. I'm. I am not one to pass up on a poutine very often. <laughs> I would order that one. Sixty-seven dollars for cold poutine. <laughs> I don't know. They are spot on. <laughs> I just saw too. Uh, they posted in Ottawa this year. It's their thirtieth anniversary, so they've got like the Ottawa Ottawa thirtieth poutine. Okay. That they've put up. <laughs> Someone questioned, why would you name a poutine after where you finished in the standings? (laughs) Half of us would choose to stop sleeping if our bodies didn't need it. You've probably heard someone say, just imagine all the stuff I could get done if I didn't have to sleep. Then we'd just go right back to binging television. (laughs) Half of us would give up sleeping. The best part of my day. That's crazy. Sleep is the greatest thing ever. Well, and when you've had, like, a couple of nights or, like, bad sleeps, mm. like, just you feel so awful. Oh, yeah. You know, there's that there's that um, there moment in your life when you're a kid, you hate going to bed, you hate going to sleep. Somewhere in your early teens, you fall in love with sleep. <laughs> like, I remember being a teenager, and, you know, you'd be up late at night with your friends doing whatever, maybe you're having a sleepover. And you wouldn't get to bed till God knows when. You'd pass out. You'd, you'd sleep till like two in the afternoon. You'd get up. You'd have something to eat, and you'd go right back to sleep again. <laughs> sleep the rest of the day away. It's just the greatest thing ever. You fall in love with it, and you uh, you never tire of it. Now I have heard there has been some research done that your brain only needs like an hour to kind of sort itself out and do whatever it needs to really? do. Really? 
It's your body that takes up the rest of the sleep time. Yeah, but like I guess, but you also feel foggy if you if you don't get enough sleep, right? Yeah. Yeah, headaches. Is that your body or your brain telling you that? I, I don't know. I, I just there's from whatever I remember reading this some time ago, and I could be you know it, maybe it's maybe it's the reverse. Maybe your body needs only an hour and your brain needs more. But the point being, there are some um, I've I've heard of like tribes. In Africa and other places where they will only sleep for like 45 minutes or an hour a night and seem to do fine with it. So we, I think we've really conditioned ourselves to, right. like, to, you know, we're so pampered. Like there are people who sleep on stone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sleep is an industry here. Yeah. We just, <laughs> we can't get enough stuff. Between the you know the the crazy beautiful comfortable mattresses and all the uh, the thread count on sheets and the pajamas and the proper pillows to elevate your neck and right it's it's insane how pampered we've become you know, just to lie down. The last time uh, I was in a hotel, they had um, like a a sleep uh, enhancing bed. They called it. And basically, it was like a system where the bed would vibrate or like like move a little bit along with uh, some sounds that they had playing. And I don't know, like you know, it wasn't like a Motel Six. It was along the highway. I don't I don't know if you have to block out so much, but like you could basically like say the sounds of the ocean right right and the waves well as the waves crested the bed would like vibrate along with that noise in order to kind of even trick your body into feeling you're more closer to the ocean i don't know what it was but it was it God, was really we're, crazy. We are so bad. And I thought, like, wow. And they were like, hey, if you want to buy one of these, go to this website. Like, who's buying this? <laughs> Needs this every night Probably fall asleep. You know, you used to be able to get that at the Cloverleaf, but you just threw a couple of quarters <laughs> in, and it would vibrate for about 15 minutes. All right. I just had my greatest idea ever. Oh, Lord. With the Queen passing, obviously, uh, her face is on our $20 bills. Our $20 bills will have to go out of circulation. So if you would just send all your $20 bills to Craig Van and Lucky, <laughs> because they're going to have to print new ones with yes. the king on it, right. we'll dispose of all those $20 bills. So please we'll put them to good use. Yeah, get, get them out of your bank. They're going to be useless now anyhow. Right. So just send them all to us. We'll dispose of them. Any $20 bill you have in your current bank account or in your wallet, remove Send to Craig Van and Lucky. You sound, you sound like Steve Bannon. <laughs> well, obviously they're they're no good anymore. Right. So somebody has to do something. With Apparently them. they're 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 expected to be in circulation for quite some time. So they're not going to take uh, that one off. They're, they're going to decide what to do with the coins. No, but they're going to be useless now. Right. Yes. So we'll just. No, take I'm just saying. I, I was because that was one of the first questions I had too. Like, what was like, what that? What does that change right away for mm -hmm. us? And the answer is nothing really. And you got it. And the other thing that's changed, of course, is now we. Uh, if you sing "God Save the Queen," you got to sing "God Save the King" again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lot, lot to, lot to consider, lot to do. Um, you could just drop them off here at the uh, Oshawa Airport <laughs> in a uh, garbage bag <laughs> we'll, for nothing in return. We'll collect them all. <laughs> well, they're useless to you. So what do you, you know? What are you gonna do? 
Just trying to help out, that's all. I was just trying to help out my uh, pally yesterday. I was at the grocery store, and I noticed that uh, brisket was on sale. And, right. I, and, I, and I know you're a big fan now that you have the smoker. And uh, I, I saw it. They were just massive. Like, literally, you, you needed four arms to lift one of these things up. And uh, one of them was like 23 pounds for $62. Uh-huh. And I said, my God. So I texted my pally. Yeah. And right away, you got back to me. Oh, yeah. I was uh, totally interested. You were already in the car and warming <laughs> it up. Adrian, I was sending Adrian. Go. 62 bucks for 23 pounds of brisket. It's basically being given away. And they had about four or five of them. Just huge. So we went back and forth with the text. And I was getting my own stuff for dinner. And so I even offered to pick one up for very you because nice. I was already there. Very nicely, yes. Very kind. Thank God you didn't take me up on that offer. Because what I didn't realize was I was reading the label upside down. It wasn't $62, but rather $92. I still, I still like, I, I sat there like, how did you screw that up? I looked at it. Even if it was upside down, wouldn't it look like like $29? I don't know. The way my brain operates, I, I see something and I just, that's what I see and I believe. Uh, like the price you, you told me was like just so good. Oh, with giving it away. Yeah. I was like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Problem now, is like I have no room in the, like the, the fridge or freezer to put that thing in, like unless I was going to. Put it on the, the smoker right away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, who has that much? This thing was just massive. Yeah. Um, now, there was other ones cheaper. There was like a $68 one, but it was smaller, but still huge. Right, yeah. Or maybe it was 86 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> this point? Point? The sticker shock when you got to that. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, if I had told you to go ahead, you would have bought it and then told me, oh, yeah, by the way, you owe me a hundred bucks. No, no, here's what would have happened. I would have gotten up near the cash, and I know at some point I would have clicked in that it was ninety one dollars or ninety two dollars, and it would have ended up in the potato chip aisle. Rock mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky, ninety four nine The Rock.